The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with your host, Ty Maynard. We're the starting point for sales professionals and business owners who want to gain more clients, score higher margins, and not be left behind in sales and business. Now, here's Ty Maynard. Hello, everyone. Hello, and welcome to the show. Welcome to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. I am your host, Ty Maynard, and I will go every week is to help you in your quest to be the best in sales, business, and life. And we're going to continue to bring you top-shelf guests that have tremendous concepts, concepts, ideas, strategies, and tactics to assist you in being the better sales professional, business owner, entrepreneur, and just help you consistently in life. And I have backed by basically just tremendous uh Desire from my 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 uh, my listening audience, Topher Morrison. Topher Morrison was here earlier, and he did uh, how to become a key person of influence in your industry. And it's one of our most listened to archive shows. And I just want to invite you to go back and check out the show. Let me give you a little bit of background on Topher. Topher is the managing director of Key Person of Influence USA, a growth accelerator firm that has worked with over 1,000 companies globally to help them dominate and grow their market share. He's featured in the award-winning documentaries The Compass and Riches, and his first book, Stop Chasing Perfection and Settle for Excellence, has been hailed as the self-help book for people who are sick of self-help books. His extensive speaking schedule spanning over the past 25 years, I feel you on that, Topher, has taken him throughout the U.S., the U.K., Australia, and Singapore and has earned him a global reputation as an expert in mass communications and influence. Topher has spoken for top execs with American Express, Microsoft, and Google, just to name a few. And in contrast to most professional speakers, Topher's shockingly honest, sometimes irreverent, and almost down-to-earth approach is surprisingly infectious. That's why he's back. His personality and straightforward manner are perfect for the business person who is tired of fleeting successes in self-help sinkholes. I'm going to be using that one. Uh, He is not afraid to tell it like it is. Or tell on himself, really, and he shatters the myth of achieving overnight success. Topher, I'd like to welcome you back to the show. And the title of our show today is Be Successful in a Collaboration Economy. Thank you very much for being back, Topher. Brother, it is my honor. Thank you very much. I gotta I gotta rewrite my intro. It's too it makes me sound too good. I need to disappoint. I think people are going to be disappointed now when I start talking. They're going to go, well, he sounded really intelligent. Then when he starts talking, he sounds like a bit of an imbecile. I'm going to have to change it to like 
it's a bit of a tool, but we like him, so just be patient and listen. You know, one of the things my my guests like is your transparency and your vulnerability. So, hey, do you. Just be who you are, man, and we're going to have a ball. <laughs> we're going to have a blast, man. I will tell you, you know, you're always so good about praising, you know, what I do and, and the business, but I always got to stop and praise you for what you do. Let me tell you how cool your book is, Ty. I've got two copies in my office. One was for me. One was for my sales rep. Somehow my copy got into my event coordinator's office, and your book is the only book in our office which is proudly displayed in both my employees' offices, and I don't even have a copy because they stole them. I don't even know why this is. So uh, <laughs> that says something because Mandy stole your book, and she's got it on display, and Mandy, she don't like anybody, and she loves you. So that is some testimony to a damn powerful book called well, brother. Get Patience, Let's Sell Something. Anybody listening better get that book. It is my go-to book for sales. I appreciate that, and I tell you, you made that comment also when we were at Pitch Fest, and thank you very much. Uh, a lot of people listen to you, so I would I would go along with you. Please get a copy of Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. Damn right. You better believe it. It's a good book. <laughs> well, well, thank you very much. You know, well, Topher, you just recently did a book also called Collaboration Economy, and I was really impressed with the book. So that's one of the reasons I wanted you to get to get you back on the show so you could share some of the concepts Thanks, of the man. book. I should with- say, real quick, though, I want to say I didn't do the whole thing. I had a collaboration with my co-author, John Spencer Ellis, so he had valuable insight into that as well. So I don't want to make sure the listeners don't think I'm going to take all the credit. Uh, okay. It would have never got done without John Spencer Ellis. Very good, very good. So just to, just to start us off, tell us about a collaboration economy, just in a nutshell. What is that? Yeah, sure. Well, the collaboration economy, or some people call it the collaboration age, is basically the title that we've given to this new era of how we do business. And there's always a label for it. You know, it was at uh, one point in time we had the agricultural age, and then we had the manufacturing age, and then we had the information age. And we've entered this new one, which is now being dubbed as the collaboration age. Some people also call it the sharing economy. I don't know. I guess that we'll wait till time tells who gets the official title of it. But the concept is that we do business differently now than we did it in the information age. And, and in fact, even to il- illustrate the importance of that, we probably should take that a, a walk down like entrepreneurial memory lane and just talk about the concepts of why it's so important to understand what economy you are in because depending upon what age or what economy your business is, is in will determine how you want to set that business up. I'll give you a really cool example, Ty. Um, Throughout history, any business which revolves around the age it exists will always do better than businesses which don't. So, for example, um, if you go back to the agricultural age, the wealthiest people in the agricultural age were the land barons. They were the ones who owned the land. They were the ones who grew the the farmers. They grew the crops, uh, the the cattle farmers, uh, the people who raised the oxen to tow and plow the fields the people that, you know, would make the horseshoes for the, uh, the, 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 the hooves of the horses, anything that had to do with agricultural production, those were the industries that did better than anything else. And that was the way it was for about 60, 65 years. Uh, and then all of a sudden we started to mechanize things. And what happened was we came out with uh, um, uh, the mechanical revolution, and the mechanical revolution created a whole new age. It was called the manufacturing age. And the manufacturing age 
um, what happened was the people who built factories were more successful than people who grew crops. And, and back then, you'd hear all these farmers screaming and complaining and whining and moaning, going, but there's value in the farming way, and this is the important thing. And, and, and even the government jumped in and tried to subsidize the farmers, but that was really just to kind of silence them. The fact is we really didn't care about that anymore. What we cared about was good old manufacturing. In fact, there were cities that were built around the manufacturing age, like Detroit. And so what happened was the Midwest started to die down because that was the agricultural area, and then all of a sudden we started going out to the places where we could have manufacturing jobs. And then any industry which was built around manufacturing did really, really well. Well, that lasted for about another 40, 60 years, and then all of a sudden we came out with the computer revolution. And that created a whole new age called the information age. And then all of a sudden, these people who had these huge factories, which would staff 5,000, 10,000, 15,000 workers, all of a sudden they started to go bankrupt. In fact, Detroit, the whole city went bankrupt. It just didn't survive. It still hasn't recovered because it's still just a manufacturing city, and now it's two ages behind. But what happened was the, uh, the, the people that got rid of the workers and they got into the computers, they did very well. So then you started getting into high tech. Right around 1969 was the birth of the information age. Uh, if you look at college tuitions, they started to increase right around 1969. A whole new industry called personal development was created in 1969 where people would pay for information on how to better their lives. Um, and industries that would build their business around information did very, very well. And they did very well, and they continued to do well until about 2010. And in 2010, we had a whole new revolution called the Entrepreneurial Revolution. And that Entrepreneurial Revolution has now led us into this new age. And the new age, like I said, is either called the sharing age or the collaboration age, depending upon who you talk to. So what that means is the businesses now that are starting to focus their efforts on collaboration versus information will do far better and much more successful than if they're still trying to leverage information. And I'll give you some examples when we get back from the break on companies that are information-based, which don't have anything to do with education. There's a difference between education and information. I'm not talking about educational companies. In fact, some of the best educational companies have, have turned into a collaborative educational approach, and they're going to do really, really well. And I'll give you some examples of those after the break as well. But what happens was, it, just like the agricultural age, the farmers complained, well, then the manufacturing uh, people complained when the information age came out. And now what we're going to start to see is we're going to see a lot of businesses which are information-based, that they're, start, they're going to start to complain. In fact, I can give you some examples of that after the break as well, on companies which are complaining and moaning and whining that it's not fair that things are changing and because they're not adapting to this new environment. But the businesses that do really great in the next 30 to 40 years, and that's, well, starting from today all the way out for probably the next 30 to 40 years, are going to be businesses whose models revolve all around this thing called collaboration. And it, it is redefining the way we do business. You know, Ty, the way business was done when you and I started to get into business as entrepreneurs in our 20s and 30s, that was all information-based, meaning we had a certain level of information and right. the customers didn't have that information. And there was a value in that deficit of information. So we could tell them, we could say things like, would you like my information? Well, then pay me and I'll tell you what I know. And that's how it was in the information age. The collaboration age freaks people our age out because the collaboration age is, here's everything I know. Let me give it to you for free. And then if you like it, find a way to pay me. And it's mm. really a completely new way of doing business. Right. Wow. Wow. Okay. Now, so 
the biggest asset in a couple of minutes we can come back to this so what would you say the biggest asset in the collaboration age is well, okay, so the biggest asset is going to be, well, interestingly enough, it's going to go back, and this is a great plug for people to go back and listen to the archived um, uh, program that we did about how to become a key person of influence, because the most valuable asset that's going to be happening in the, in the coming age is going to be the individuals who run the companies more than the information that the company has itself. In other words, uh, you know, we've always had that phrase, it's not who you know, but who knows you. That is going to become more true now than ever before because what's going to happen is we're going to want to do business with key people of influence in the industries that we want to work with. And you can already see this starting to happen. Uh, I'll give you some examples. Um, You and I, Ty, we could go down. Before the show started, we were talking about getting together and having a dinner or having a lunch. You and I, we could go down and we could have one of the best meals ever at a local restaurant anywhere around here in Tampa, Florida, and it'd probably run us real good restaurant, maybe 30, 40 bucks a plate. We could walk away together, spend about a hundred bucks. If we don't drink, if we put some drinks on the tab, maybe about 120, 140 bucks, and we could have a great time. Mm-hmm. But yet we could then also have the opportunity to sit down with Jamie Oliver and have him cook us a meal. And that meal would cost us 300 bucks a head. And you and I would much rather pay 300 bucks to have an experience of Jamie Oliver cooking us a signature meal than having us go down and just eat at a Jamie Oliver restaurant for 30, 40 bucks a plate because we're gravitating now toward the key people of influence. This is why um, people who are key people of influence are going to have bigger sponsorship deals than ever before because companies are going to start to realize this and they're going to start to have to captivate audiences based upon people's level of, of influence. Mm, mm, mm. Okay, that's here, here's, here's a great example. Actually, here's yes. a really cool example of this. You know, you and I, we've been professional speakers for the amount of years we don't even want to talk because it'll make us feel old. When we right. got into the business, we would get paid to speak based upon the information that we have. And I see all these new people trying to get into the world of professional speaking, but the fact is, companies aren't hiring professional speakers anymore. Who are they hiring? They're hiring celebrities. They're hiring military retirees, presidential retirees. They're hiring athletes, Olympic athletes, professional athletes. Those are the people that are getting the speaking gigs now. Why? They're people of influence. Uh-huh. Oh, excellent point. Excellent point to end this particular section on. Well, it's time yeah. for us to take a short break. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. I am your host, Ty Maynard, and my guest today is Topher Morrison, and we'll talk to you again on the other side of the break. Stay tuned. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. If you've ever wanted to know the inner workings of how auctions work, you'll want to tune in to Ed Spencer's American Auction View. Auctions establish markets and commerce that affect everyone in our country. Whether it's land, real estate, livestock, automobiles, collectibles, or household goods, people are turning auction items into cash in nearly every business market in the world. You can find out more about this unique and engaging industry every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Do you, like most Americans, spend the majority of your life at work? Are you making it the joy that it deserves to be, or are you feeling drained and unfocused? Tune in to A Great Place to Work with hosts Kirk Kaufman and Dr. Kathy Sorensen. 
Your hosts have more than 30 years of experience in workplace consulting and are ready to bring you the secrets and success stories of businesses who are making their business a great place to work. Listen every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and enjoy a better workplace and a better life. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Time Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at TyMaynerGroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R Group.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. I'm your host, Ty Maynard, and my guest today is Topher Morrison. And we're talking about the collaboration economy. That's what we're in now. And Topher has been sharing information with us on how we can be successful and effective and use this new economy to our advantage. Now, Topher, I think you're going to share now some different basic models uh, of how to move forward in a collaboration uh, economy. The thing that I get from a lot of business owners and the people who are listening right now um, that are, are sitting there trying to go, well, how to, is, is my business a collaborative business or is it an information-based business? Because I work with humans. Does that mean it's collaborative? Uh, but, like, I also have valuable insights. Does that mean it's informative? So we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. The first one, uh, obviously, uh, we alluded to this before the break, was, like, our profession uh, as professional mm-hmm. speakers. It's a completely different industry now. We have to work harder as professional speakers to get those speaking gigs because now we're competing with all these key people of influence, and if we're not people of influence, we're going to get speaking gigs. In fact, interestingly enough, from the full opposite end of that, what's really cool about the collaboration economy is that it's going to force um, uh, it's going to force competition to innovate and create better ways of doing things. Uh, a great example is our industry. You know, if you look at the um, professional speakers industry. There's more people trying to get on the speaker's platform now than ever before, but the reality is almost all of them are saying the exact same crap. They're just regurgitating all the stuff that they heard from their motivational mentors that they loved back in the information age, like the Zig Ziglar's and the Brian Tracy's and the Les Brown's and the Tony Robbins. They're really just saying the same old crap they were saying, and it's nothing new. But now we have this whole new platform called TED Talks where a total nobody can come out of anywhere but have the most brilliant, innovative concepts about education or about health or about science, and they can get up there and they can do a TEDx talk at a local community, which is super easy to get on stage for a TEDx talk. And then that video gets uploaded onto one of the most collaborative businesses ever created called YouTube, (laughs) <laughs> and then people like it, and they make comments on it, and then if they get enough likes, then the TED Corporation calls them and says, we'd like to have you come out and do a TED Talk for our group. And all of a sudden, these people are getting plucked out of obscurity because they have something valuable to say, which isn't like all the other crap that's been out there for years and years and years. So it's really great because it forces anybody who's in, been in their industry for a while, forces them to get on their toes innovate and make sure that they're actually giving something of meaningful and relevant content. But 
that's too easy to just say, okay, well, that's education and information. Let's go into a business that has nothing to do with education at all, but it's a total information-based business, cabs. The taxi cab industry has been around for, I don't know how many years now, 40, 50, 60 years, and they've been doing really well in the information economy. And the reason they've been doing really well in the information economy is because a cabbie has information that a customer doesn't have. And that deficit of information is where the value lies and how they make their money. So what's the information the cabbie has? The information the cabbie has is two things. Number one, they know the shortest route possible to get you from point A to point B. And they can take a chance and take you on that shortest route possible in hopes that you give them a big tip as a point of gratitude for them sharing with you that information. Or they also know, here's the other information they have, they know the longest route possible, which has the illusion of being the shortest route possible. And because there's that deficit of information, you don't know how long the trip is. They can rip you off and take you a long way and still make a pretty good amount of money. And that's how they've been doing their business for years. Unethical, disgusting, smelly cabs, but we don't have any choice because we don't have the information. They do. We have to pay for it. Until about 2010, when just about every human being by 2010 had a smartphone. And in every smartphone, you get your GPS. And now all of a sudden, the entire cab industry has no more value in information because I don't need to give you a big tip for taking me the shortest route possible. Hell, I'll tell you the shortest route possible. Uh-huh. And you damn sure aren't going to be able to rip me off and take me the longest way anymore because I got GPS and I'm going to tell you when you're off course. So as a result, the cab industry now is up in arms. They are exactly today where the Farming Institute was at when all of a sudden the mechanizations took over and they were sitting there going, but it, this is valuable. You know, why have, a, why have a machine do it when I can have my oxen do it? And it's the exact same thing. Right now, especially like in Orlando, these guys are throwing up a huge stink uh, trying to keep out the collaborative taxi cab companies versus the information ca- taxi cab companies. Now, what's an example of a collaboration-based taxi cab company? There's two of them here in Tampa, Florida. They're moving all over America. So I know we this is broadcasting all over the place. So depending upon where you're at in your market, it may or may not be there yet, but you keep an eye out for it, and it'll be there. In fact, what you can do is you can go to your iPhone or your Android, and you can download the apps I'm going to tell you in a minute. And if they're not in your city, you can. Uh, what they'll do is they'll register how many people have downloaded the app, and if enough people download the app, they'll move into that city, which is really cool. And here's okay. the apps. It's called Uber, and it's called Lyft, and that's L-Y-F-T. So if you just search Uber or Lyft on any of the, the, the smartphone app stores, you can download a free app. Now, the way it works, I'll just, get, I'll just describe Lyft because that's the one I tend to use the most. Um, if I want to ride someplace, I just open up my phone, I open up the Lyft app, and it says, summon a Lyft. I hit the button, and then what it does is it shows me on a GPS map all of the Lyft drivers who are in my immediate area. And as soon as I hit summon a Lyft, that sends out a signal to every one of those people in their car, and then they look at my profile, and they determine whether or not they want to pick me up. The moment one of the Lyft drivers hits the button to say, yep, I'll take that deal, I get on my phone their picture of them, a picture of their car, and their customer service rating, and I can either accept them as my Lyft driver or reject them. Then they show up to my, my house, my office, wherever I'm at. They pick me up. 
this is not a cab. This is a normal car. I get to sit in the front seat. Half of them usually have bottled water for me and some mints and some candies. They're very friendly. They don't stink. They don't smell. They're not rude. These are polite people. I've had mechanical engineers pick me up. Personal trainers pick me up. Realtors pick me up. Software development engineers pick me up. People who have normal jobs during the day but have a car, and they're happy to give somebody a ride if they're going in the same direction. And they pick me up. I have a great conversation. I get to where I want to go. I get out of the car. I don't need to pay them. I've got my app. The app, they hit, the, they hit end ride on their app. My app sends me a little notification. It says, did you enjoy the ride? If so, would you like to make a recommended donation? And then it gives me a recommended fare based upon, you know, what the mileage is that they took. And it's about 40 to 60% less than a cab drive, interestingly enough. And then I can also add a tip. Or if I want, I can take that all the way down to zero and just have a free ride. Now, you might ask, why would I want to pay if I can have a free ride? <laughs> well, mm-hmm. because the moment I don't pay them, they're going to give me a bad customer service rating. And all I got to do is have one or two or three of those before no person with a Lyft uh, license is ever going to pick me up because they know I'm never going to give them a tip. Right. So it's in my best interest to give them the biggest tip possible because that's going to give me the highest rating possible, which I never know what my rating score is. It's in their best interest to give me the best service possible because I get to rate them at the end of the ride and then they want to have the highest rating possible so people don't reject them as a Lyft driver. This whole industry regulates itself. It's all done through social networking. There's no need to have any bosses nearby or anything like that. And these guys are doing great. And it's an unbelievably wonderful experience. But the cabbies hate it. Why? Because the cabbies have realized that their information is invaluable anymore. It's sorry, invaluable. It's not, there's no value to it at all. And now they're getting frustrated with it. So there's a great example of an information-based business, which is struggling now in the collaboration economy. And it's funny, they keep putting up a fight, but it's not going to help. These, you cannot resist change. It's going to happen. So you either adapt or you die. You are so right. You are so right. You know, uh, you said a couple of things. One about uh, this business model, and we got a few minutes, so maybe we can go ahead and get it started, and we can uh, come back. But sure. how would how would this someone, let's say, we have about four minutes, how would this work for someone, let's say, in office products? They have a tangible product, office furniture, uh, something like that, and then maybe another service like real estate or something. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So here's the thing. This is this is this is the good news and the bad news. The bad okay. news is. They, they, they need to adapt or die because there's no more, like, let's say there's somebody who sells office furniture, office supplies. Um, I don't need them anymore. <laughs> uh, if, if they're trying to, if they're big, based on their, their business is information based, by the way, which is I have all of these available products and I know the best prices and I can save them the best things, but I don't need them. I got Amazon.com and I can virtually buy any office supply I want on Amazon.com, Staples.com or OfficeDepot.com. I really don't need them anymore. So then the, the question is, well, why would I want to do business with somebody who has like office supply stores or they do, you know, uh, deliver to your door, that kind of thing. Oddly enough, and here's the weird part, I'm willing to pay a little bit more for a human relationship. You know how we, we, we tend to hit the, engine, the, the pendulum swings one direction and then it swings the other? In the information right. age, the pendulum swung to computers. And it swung to not valuing relationships and just trying to do everything virtual. Well, now what's happening is we're getting into the collaboration age. 
uh, technology has allowed us to connect with humans better, faster, and uh, more frequently than ever before, but we're missing the human interaction. So now what's happened is that pendulum comes back the other way. We're going to start to want to have relationships with these people to where they can do something for us that a computer can't really do, and that's what this is. They can order my products for me so I don't even have to do the inventory. I'll give you a great example of a guy who's doing this here in Tampa, Florida. Florida. There's this guy here named Gabby, and uh, it's the, he's, he's the nicest guy I know, and he's the weirdest. He loves ink and toner cartridges. That's his passion, mm-hmm. man. He loves to supply and sell people with ink and toner cartridges. But here's what he does. He's completely taken the, the hassle of me ordering toners for my printers, both the ink jets and the lasers. He's taken the entire effort away from me through a collaborative approach. Here's what he does. He comes in my office. He looks at all of the different printers that I have, and then he gives me all of the ink and the toner that I need right away. And he doesn't charge me. He just gives it to me right up front and he goes, here it is. And then he checks in with me like every week, comes into the office, checks the levels, and then when I need more, he's got them on hand. Uh, if, I do, if I do run out, by the way, I just give him a call, and he's there the next day with the, North, with the toner, by the way, faster than Staples or Office Depot. Uh, and all of a sudden, he'll just replace the toners for me. I don't even have to open up the machines. He does it all for me. And then he just sends me the invoice for the, for the cartridge that I've just used. I still don't pay for the one that he supplied me. So he always has, like, like what I do is we have in our office, we have a stock of one of everything, so we don't mm-hmm. have to have, like, a whole big inventory. And then when that stock unit is used, he replaces it for us, but he's created a relationship with us, and he's done something which is nice. He's actually taken over in my company the administrative uh, min-max inventory that I would otherwise have to be paying an employee time to do. He just does it for mm-hmm. us, and he's created that service, which is now more valuable. Now, interestingly enough, he's still selling to me the same price that Amazon is, but he's put a service into it. So there's an example of that. Um, the companies that are supply, co- companies or businesses that supply goods to other companies, they need to start focusing on how can they create a valuable relationship with the individuals more so than selling a discounted product because nobody cares about that. I can get discounted products on Amazon.com. You okay. mentioned another one. What was that one? Well, we're going to take a real quick break, and we'll catch that gotcha. on the other side. So it's time for... Uh, another break. This is the fastest hour of the week. For those of you who are listening for the first time, the fastest hour of the week, especially when I have Topher on. Uh, but uh, you're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. I am your host, Ty Maynard. My guest is Topher Morrison. And we will talk to you on the other side of the break. Stay tuned. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Game-changing technologies and strategies are transformational, exciting, and disruptive for a reason. They shake up your status quo. They get you thinking about new ways to scale, compete, and grow. 
They move you in amazing new directions. You're invited to take your coffee break with Game Changers on Thursdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time for our special series on the future of business. Learn how you can become the transformational leader who takes your company across the finish line as you look ahead to the next breakthrough wave of innovation. The Future of Business with Game Changers, presented by SAP on the Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Ty Mayner or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at TyMaynerGroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R Group.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. I'm your host, Ty Maynard. My guest today is Topher Morrison. And we are talking about be successful in a collaboration economy. And, and Topher, you were just talking about some different uh, ideas and suggestions for various uh, industries. We were just talking about one industry, and now we're, I asked you about real. T- we were talking about office products, office furniture, and what about like real estate, realtors, and maybe even insurance. How does this uh, relate to them in their in their industry? Great. Well, uh, before we try to convert every single career into a collaborative business, we do need to, to address one thing, which is not pleasant, but it's just real. It's the way it is. And the reality is that there's no such thing as entitlement. And eventually, technology sometimes puts businesses out of business or industries out of business. Uh, you know, I'll give you a, a, an example of this. There was a, an entire industry about, what, 15, 20 years ago called travel agents. And most people would use travel agents to book things. There are still travel agents out there, by the way, but there are far and few between. Why? Because they don't need them anymore. Why? Because all they did was give us information, but now we've got so many different apps that have been created from a collaborative approach that that information is just no longer valuable. Um, I can get online and I can get the exact same information that a travel agent would, so why would I book through them kind of a thing? So the reality is certain industries are going to struggle. Eventually, they're going to go out. But that's not bad. That's just, it's just change, and it happens. And what happens is every time an industry dies because technology takes over, there's a whole new industry which is invented. And it's just a matter of being willing to change with the tides, uh, be flexible, and move your business and move your reality into a whole new industry, and you can do that. So we don't want to try to change everything, but we can still address these aspects. So um, if you look at realty, great example, by the way, realtors, they have had they, – their business was an information-based business model, meaning they had – information that a normal human being didn't have. And it was called the MLS, the Multiple Listing Services. And as a result of them having access to every home, every address, every phone number, all the square footage and the photographs of all of these homes uh, out there that were in a city, well, it was worth it for us to pay them a 3% commission on the selling side, a 3% commission on the buying side, and because they had to do something, they earned that, they had that, that deficit of information. That's where the value was. 
But the reality is now, Ty, we don't need realtors. <laughs> I'm selling right. my home right now, and I don't need a realtor. I can get it listed onto the MLS services without a realtor. Well, I, that's not necessarily true, actually. There's just realtors out there that have figured out how to do it collaboratively, and they're making their money doing that way. I can go to forsalebyowner.com, and I can list it there, and it gets out onto the MLS and those types of things. So these realtors that are still trying to leverage and create value for a 6% commission based upon information, they're going to struggle if they continue to do it that way. It's going to be an industry which changes, just like the whole hotel industry is changing, the travel industry is changing. All these things are information-based businesses. Um, so they are going to struggle if they continue to think that all they have to do is go to these networking events, pass out their business cards, meet people, and then try to sell them homes based upon having that information. Because, frankly, we just don't need them anymore. There are ways to get access to that. Um, and I could say the same thing, by the way, with attorneys and insurance agents. <laughs> Everything else. I mean, for the most part, it's going to really upset a lot of types of industries. But there are ways to do business in a collaborative approach. So the way you do business in a collaborative approach in realty, once again, it always goes back to creating partnerships and creating relationships with individuals that can assist you. So, um, and, and realtors have done this in the past, by the way. For example, they've had title companies. They've had mortgage companies. They build relationships with these people, and they refer them business. It's going to get more intense than that, though. And what's going to happen is you're going to start to see buildings which have realty, title company, mortgage, uh, home repair, construction company, home remodeling, everything related to a home. It's all going to be in one building. And all of a sudden, these people will be able to leverage those relationships more. See, for example, I don't need you as a realtor to, to, to list my home. I can list it myself. But I might need you as a realtor to put me in touch with the best construction worker out there and to put me in touch with the best AC guy, to put me in touch with the best home painter and to put me in touch with the best interior decorator because you have relationships or collaborations with all of these types of people that I don't have, and I need that uh, access to those individuals. That's how they're going to, to be more successful in future is they're going to be able to provide all of these additional services. And here's the scary part. They may provide all of those things prior to them even getting a realty deal. It may, because that's still information, right? They may just give it up willingly going, hey, here's this person, here's this person, here's this person. But what's going to do is it's going to build up that level of liking and knowing and trusting to where mm -hmm. then they're going to want to do business with that individual. So, um, and by the way, and also in the, in, the, in the future of collaboration, we're going to see a whole new different definition of what competition is. I'll give you a great example. Um, there are uh, um, uh, collaborative, or uh, not collaborative, what's the word I'm looking for here? There are networking companies out there like um, um, uh, BNI, uh, Business Networking International, and there's uh, partners in network here in Tampa. Um, uh, there's all sorts of networking groups, and all of these things are fairly the same thing, which is when you come in, um, you can join these groups as long as you're in a non-competitive industry to the other people that are in there. So we only want one realtor. We only want one broker. We only want one chiropractor. We only want one doctor. And it's, it's the only way that they've done this business in the past. This is a, uh, th that whole model is actually becoming archaic. It's, it's going to end and it's going to end probably in the next five to 10 years. You won't see those types of networking groups out there anymore. They're going to die and go away. And you're going to see a whole new type of networking group. And what's going to happen is you're going to see a networking group of nothing but realtors. 
and you'll see a networking group of nothing but mortgage brokers and a realty uh, and a networking group of nothing but chiropractors. Now you might ask, how would that even be possible, and why would other chiropractors want to network with other chiropractors and whatnot? The reason they'd want to do that is because what's going to happen is in the collaboration age, we're going to have to become so specialty niched in what it is that we do that nobody can do it better than we can do it. And that's where the value is going to lie. So I don't want to hire a realtor to sell my house. But if I knew that there was a realtor in the Hyde Park area who was a master at selling townhomes and doing it in less than five days listing, I would absolutely be happy to pay that person a 3% commission on the selling side to list my home knowing that he can sell it or she can sell it within five days for the exact price that I want because they've done it consistently with 25 other uh, townhomes in the South Tampa area. So what will happen is you'll see these networking groups of nothing but realtors, but one realtor does townhomes in South. One realtor does townhomes in the North. Another one does uh, first-time buyer homes. Another one does retirement homes. Another one does uh, family, multiple family co- uh, cond- um, uh, uh, duplex homes and things like that. And what will happen is they'll all get together, and then they can collaborate together to go out and find those homes and then send the referrals out, and that's how business is going to be happening in the future. It's not going to be this whole, well, I can't join this networking group because uh, there's already a realtor in there, and I don't want to share any of this information with that other realtor, it's going to be the exact opposite. What you think was valuable in the information age is no longer valuable in the collaboration age, so start giving it away freely and openly and find a way to create value elsewhere, and it's usually going to be in uh, two things, uh, quality and speed. Mm. The more quality you create and the faster you can provide the service, the better it's going to be. You know, I saw uh, Seth Golden. He's one of the gurus of marketing. He started doing this probably about, I don't know, eight to ten years ago where he would just give away a book, but you could have to download it, you know. Mm -hmm. And and basically people would buy the book and, well, they would download it free, but they had all these pieces of paper. And Mm -hmm. ultimately they would go buy the book that he was giving them away free. So he ended up getting business out of them. Yeah. Now, that's, by the way, there's, um, that's an interesting thing right now because that, uh, uh, we're seeing a shift in how information marketing is working online as well. So this would be a really great topic that maybe we can cover when we get back from the next break uh, on what are some specific strategies we can use online to help um, create greater levels of value with quality and speed to get that money. Because one thing that's happening is we're also seeing a shift in how we're processing data and how we're processing information from a lead gen standpoint. And this is huge in sales. Um, Seth Godin, the way he used to do it, and it worked very, very well. Unfortunately, most people in the information-based businesses are still doing this, and they're going to suffer really badly in the next two to three years is in order for you to get that free ebook, you had to give them your email address or something like that. When we get mm-hmm. back from the break, I'll share with you why that's the worst thing to do in the collaboration economy, even though it was one of the best things to do in the information economy. Um, uh, so we, so we, we had talked about... Um, I've got, I've got lost track on my... I've got so many things that I want to talk about. You, we were talking about... Um, uh, Realtors? Okay, yeah, right. we already finished that conversation about Yeah, so the reality is it's, it's going to be how can I create greater speed and great quality, not more information? 
Okay, excellent. Uh, we have a, a couple of minutes before the break, but one of the things it, it sounded like when we were talking about some of the people, it, it's like people don't buy from you necessarily anymore because of what you sell. They buy from you because of what you know and what added value you can you can bring. When you were talking about they know yep. good plumbers, they know they know good uh, contractors. So it's it's more than just what you sell. It's it's, it's the actual value and you being a resource. Would that be an accurate assessment? That's, that's 50% of it. And then the other 50% of it is uh, not always being, you know, the valuable resource, but where do you find that value? And that value is going to come in speed and quality. So and quality. I, I'll give you an example. In the information age, we actually were able to, to make money. We as a business, any type of industry could make money getting poor quality, but as long as we had the information, nobody would know otherwise. Right now, though, we've got a more educated society than ever before, so we're no longer allowed to sell products that have slow delivery times or uh, bad quality because we can instantly go online and we can find people who can do it better and faster. So this is forcing a lot of businesses to freak out because they've never really built their business around high levels of quality. But this is a really exciting time for companies that have always prided themselves on quality and great delivery. Uh, and it's, it's almost like the tortoise and the hare story. You know, the, uh, uh, the tortoise has been struggling in the information age and the hare's been kicking ass, but all of a sudden now as the collaboration age comes on, these people who have taken the time to put really high quality deliverables, they're going to mm-hmm. be doing better in the collaboration age by the very nature that when you go online and do research with them, you won't be able to find anything bad about them. But the other ones that have poor quality, you go online, you can find loads of crap. But that, that, that's, it's really strong in my business in the growth accelerator fields. If you go online and you Google key person of influence, you won't find anything bad out there. People love our product. Massive high quality, massive great service. You know, we've taken great pride in that. That doesn't mean that we don't have a couple customers that are upset. You're always going to have that. But the percentages are vastly skewed in favor of KPI in a good way versus in a bad way. But yet you go to some of these information marketers and you Google them and they've been doing really great. And now all of a sudden these social networks are able to reveal to where people that are dissatisfied can create entire groups online about their dissatisfaction. And it's really hurting a lot of businesses that have never actually had high quality. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, it's time for our, our last break of the show and when we come back we're going to wrap up and Tofu you're going to give us some more keen information to take us home with so uh, just stay tuned you're listening to Forget Patience Let's Sell Something I'm your host Ty Maynard my guest is Tofu Morrison and we'll be right back Voice America Business Network the bottom line in business. How is your plan going? Could you use a little help on your path to success? Why not step up and play big? Join host Chris Ruisi for a show that will help you identify the possibilities that await you. Too many people succumb to just being average when they could be exceeding average without too much more effort. It's time for you to become exceptional. Raise the bar to your success. Basically, it's time for you to step up and play big. Join Chris Ruisi every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
The way we do banking today continues to evolve. No longer is it just brick and mortar locations or traditional bankers' hours. Today, banking is 24-7. It's in the home. It's on the go. It's digital. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how traditional banking as we know it has changed due to a loss of trust, changing economic conditions and consumer behavior, government involvement, and, of course, technology. What does it all mean? Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Ty Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at tymaynergroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R group.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. I'm your host, Ty Manor, and my guest is Topher Morrison. And Topher, we have about, uh, I would say, five minutes or so to kind of wrap things up. But you were going to share some information on why that email philosophy was was no longer the best yeah. way to, to go. Yeah, absolutely. This is uh, this is something really interesting. We One of the things we do in the uh, Growth Accelerator Program at Key Person of Influence is we always encourage our clients to create a bunch of free products for the consumers to download or to listen to or to watch or to, to, to read and all this stuff. And in the, in, in the past, the typical way that that's done is through what most people call either a landing page or a squeeze page where you say, would you like all this free information? All you have to do is give me your contact details and email address or something like that. There's a reason why that was okay in the information age. Now it's bad in the collaboration age, and here's why. The main reason is this, and I'll, I'll see if I can demonstrate this. I've never done this on a radio show before. I always do this in person. We'll see how this works. I'm going to, I'm going to give you something right now, Ty, and I want you to notice how you feel about what I'm giving you. We've met a couple times. We always get along really great. Uh, I love uh, anytime I have a chance to see you. Next time I see you, we talked about having lunch. We're going to have lunch next week. And when we have lunch, here's what i like for you to do. I want you to remind me, and I'm going to give you my Rolex that I have on my wrist. I've had it for about 10 years. I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm kind of ready to move on. It's a collector's item. Uh, but I'm going to give you my Rolex watch. How do you feel? <laughs> Sounds like a good plan. The only thing is that in order for me to give that to you, you have to give me your car. Ooh. Now, now, how did you feel? Now, when I said, how do you feel about that? You were like, hey, this is a good deal. And then I butted in and I jumped in and I said, but the only thing I ask is that you give me your car. I went from being a really nice person who was giving you a Rolex to a jerk like that. How did I turn into a jerk? I turned into a jerk because I made it not a gift. I made it a barter. And we've, we've, what's happened is on the websites now where people say, get this for free, just give me your email address. It's the exact same effect. There's this physical 
uncomfort or discomfort in there because I don't like people giving me conditions on their gifts and you don't and nobody else does. So what have we done in the collaboration age? We've all created multiple email addresses. So now, Ty, if you want to go online and you want to get something for free and you don't know the person, you don't trust the person, you've never met them, but you like the information, you want to get it. What email address do you give them? You give them your bullcrap email address. We've all got it. We all uh-huh. have that junk email address. I mean, that's the one we use for our free crap. So it's actually a bad idea because what happens is you're starting to collect bad data or bad information in the collaboration age. It would be better to just send them, just say, would you like this? Here, click this button and download it for free. And then inside the product, you can have places for them to voluntarily give you their information. If you go to my website, tofamorson.com, I have over seven hours of videos that you can watch on my website, and you don't even have to give me your, your, your fake email address. You can just click <laughs> the videos and watch them. Totally anonymous. You can stay there as long as you like. I'll never know who you are. I'll never know that you watch them or not. Um, and eventually, if you watch enough of those videos, guess what you'll volunteer to me, Kai? You'll volunteer to me your real email address because you're going to be committed to wanting more information. You're going to say, I genuinely like this person now. Wow. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes a whole lot of sense. <laughs> Things are constantly evolving. And if you aren't yep. paying attention, if you aren't continually reading, uh, inf- and gaining information, you will get left behind today. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting. It's like if, one of the best business strategies is to look and see what all the other entrepreneurs are doing and just do the opposite, the Walt Disney approach. It's, it's a bit like when you see everybody's doing it, it's about like when you hear a stock tip. <laughs> you know, by the time you hear, by the time you and I hear a stock tip tie, it is way too late. That thing's already crested. We're going to buy in at the top. Um, same thing when you see every entrepreneur doing all this stuff, general idea is a bad idea. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. That's 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 real good. You know, we're about to come to the close, Topher, and I know people are going to want to be able to reach you and contact you. So, what what? How can they get in touch with you? Uh, they can go to collaborationeconomy.com. If they go there, they can have. There's all the links to where they can buy the the, the books in every bookstore out there, and it's on iBooks and Kindle and all that stuff. But no matter where they get it, if they uh, if they just go to collaborationeconomy.com, there's some instructions on how they can, like, you know, just show us the receipts and just uh, all sorts of easy things. And we'll give them lots of bonus-free videos and all that kind of stuff that they can have. So. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I, I definitely – that's exactly what I was going to say. As a matter of fact, I'm on the site now. Very nice site. Uh, uh, two good-looking guys there. Uh, awesome book. Uh, <laughs> the book The book is, is, is a great book, and you definitely want to have it in your library. It's called – Collaboration Economy, and the authors are John Spencer Ellis and Topher Morrison, my current guest. And it's a good read, good information, just like Topher is talking right now. He always gives you top-shelf information, and he's going to always challenge your thinking. That's the one thing I've noticed whenever we talk. I may have thought something made sense and would work really well, then by the time I finish talking to you, I'm like, well, maybe it doesn't. (laughs) 
but but that's good because you you continue to pro- provoke thought. You provoke thought with me. You provoke thought with my audience, and I'm willing to bet many of them are going to go and do some of their own research, which is always a good thing. That's one of the things you've always told me. Hey, Ty, if we're on the show or if you are at one of our presentations, if you disagree with what I say, hey, put it out there. I mean, you yeah. don't have any fear when it comes to that, so I appreciate that about you. Thanks, brother. It's, it's, it's such a fun hour. I swear to God, you're right, man. This is the fastest hour of the week. It goes by in a blink of an eye. Uh, it's been so much fun. I really appreciate you letting me on the show. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. So, hey, get uh, two copies, at least two copies of Collaboration Economy. Get one for yourself and for someone you genuinely like, and they will appreciate it. And as Topher said, they have a, a bunch of bonus information. As a matter of fact, they have something called a bonus bundle offer. So check them out, collaborationeconomy.com. And also check out my website, timeinagroup.com. We have a lot of good information. We have a blog, and we, we're trying to provide information that can help you continue to grow in what aspect you're in, whether you're a sales professional, a business owner, entrepreneur, whether you're a parent. The bottom line is you have to keep growing. And our time is up. So we look forward to seeing you next week, or talking to you next week anyway. In the meantime, forget patience, let's sell something. Amen. Thanks again for tuning in to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. Ty Maynard will be back next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We look forward to you joining us then. In the meantime, forget patience, let's sell something.